welcome to the third episode of We Need to Talk. On 14th September, a 20-year-old Dalit woman was allegedly gang-raped and murdered by four upper-caste Thakur men in Uttar Pradesh's Hathras district. She succumbed to her injuries on the 29th of September in a Delhi hospital. The entire case has caught significant media attention. There is constant national media coverage and there is a lot of debate and discussion on rising violence against women and the deteriorating law and order situation in Uttar Pradesh. But at the same time, there is an across-the-board attempt in social media and mainstream media to obfuscate or dismiss the entire caste dynamic within this crime. The fact that all the four accused belong to a dominant caste group and the victim belongs to the Dalit community is somewhere being ignored. Today I have with me Sumit Samos, who is an anti-caste activist, scholar and a hip-hop artist. I've personally very closely followed Sumit's writings on social media and I can confidently say that he belongs to a new generation of anti-caste activists who are using social media and multimedia to foreground the brutal and everyday reality of caste discrimination and caste violence in India. Welcome to the show, Sumit. Thanks for taking out time and joining me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Sumit, I will get straight to the point here. Despite overwhelming evidence that this was a caste-based crime, and despite the victim's family themselves uh, clear, making it clear that the victim was assaulted precisely because she belonged to the Dalit community, uh, why is there this attempt uh, in the public discourse to dismiss or deny the entire caste aspect of the crime? Um, well, you know, uh, interesting and interestingly enough, uh, they're not denying caste. What they're trying to do is they're projecting caste on Dalits. Whenever rape, you know, every time there's some rape or any kind of atrocities that happens and it gets, you know, limelight, they ask, where are the Dalit leaders, right? If it is about sexual crimes, according to them, only women should come and protest, right? But they're asking, where are the Dalit leaders? So they are projecting caste on Dalits. But on the others, you know, on the, on the other hand, what they're trying to do is, it's not about caste. You know, they're saying it's not about caste because it implicates the upper caste, you know, trajectory of history in Uttar Pradesh and particularly Thakurs. And Thakurs, at present, they are dominant in political power. They are part of Yogi government. Yogi comes from the same community. Uh, and they are part of the police. They are part of the local governance there. You know, the civil servants, the police, all of them are together with the community, with the Thaku community there. And uh, so that is why I think uh, the more, and, and I mean, that is why they constantly try to make it an isolated incident of sexual crime, where as if there is no, you know, caste dynamics, there is no social dynamics involved in it. I mean, unlike other cases, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, of course, there are you no know, rapes, any kind of rapes to any individual is brutal. No, no denying of that. But here, it cannot be an individual incident because not just the family, not just the, you know, not just the person who succumbed to death, uh, you know, after such brutal and heinous sexual violence, even the local Dalit people, the Valmiki community people have been saying that the Thakurs there have been, you know, discriminating them, have been harassing them for quite some time. And, uh, you know, there was also SCST Prevention of Atrocities Act against one of the, you know, one of the grandfather of one of the accused. And uh, a father of one of the accused is also closely linked with BJP, right? So in all of this, they do not want to make themselves the culprit. And social power, the social power, caste, social power of caste by the Thakurs 
have been in existence in all of these places and uh, this is what makes the dalit women far more vulnerable than any you know any other upper caste women because it is caste it is the caste and the rural dynamics of land and labor relationship segregation you know who is in police who is in the local governance all of that determines who has power you know this determines the power balance the power equation in the rural uh, uttar pradesh and that is what uh, makes dalit women the most vulnerable one but also at the same time that makes the upper caste men uh, that gives the upper caste men so much of impunity to commit whatever they can you know and so that is why i feel so many dalit women are constantly saying it is caste rape they are also using this particular word called caste rape it's about caste and it is and then every time beat kherlanji we we saw kherlanji just two three days back there was anniversary of kherlanji kherlanji happened in 2006 in maharashtra where two dalit women were stripped naked they you know they were genitally mutilated and uh, you know it, it was a it, it was one of the one of the most gruesome crimes that you know dalit history remembers uh, and um, so in that case um, even there you know it was a caste conflict that finally led to this kind of violence on dalit women and that is what dalit women activists that anti caste activists have been constantly saying look this is how it is linked to caste and these people and especially the upper caste feminists uh, you know them they are not they are denying it because what happens is the moment they accept caste you know as a factor they also will be scrutinized because they are also part of this you know caste networks they are also part of i mean of course they are oppressed within their homes they patriarchy within their homes but they also will be scrutinized and that they do not want and to give a space to dalit women in the forefront to create a narrative is not something that they would like at this point of time because he, you know i was looking at one of the post facebook post by a senior dalit women activist named cynthia stephen you know i was looking at post by so many dalit women activists you know young ones they have so much of anger towards the mainstream women's movement they are saying that you know look you have not given us our space you are constantly trying to deny casting all of this you are very clearly saying women and then you're not even women and men you know you're using this binary without even talking about caste so i feel you know this aspect of not allowing dalit women to be in the forefront is something that the upper caste feminists do not want but on the other side uh, of course you know um, the upper caste hindus of uttar pradesh they do not want to make it a caste conflict this is basically a caste conflict but they do not want to make it a caste conflict because that is when the quote unquote hindu unity that they are trying to project outside will be hampered so they do not want that so all of them have their own reasons to not bring caste is what i feel right this is actually also what i was coming to uh, that we have seen a couple of dominant caste groups like the savarna parishad come out openly in support of the accused we also saw a rally of sorts being organized today in hathras hathras in support of the accused who belong to the uh, thakur community right so we understand when certain right right wing groups do that but tell me something why do we see this tacit denial or dismissal of the caste angle uh, or shift rather shifting the blame uh, of quote unquote casteifying the entire incident on the dalit community or on, on the anti caste activists from the liberal and progressive quarters right because this is usually the segment of the population that is quick to recognize for instance say hindutva hegemony or hindutva discrimination of uh, minority groups or even in the american context racial discrimination of blacks then why the dismissal of uh, caste discrimination in the indian context uh, by the same people 
uh well you know interesting enough uh, i was talking to one of my friend uh, you know anti caste student activist and he was telling me this as to how this entire narrative of fascism coming after modi you know entire narrative of fascism coming after modi uh, and their understanding of fascism is limited to you know the current modi government their fascist their understanding of fascism is limited to that and this their understanding of fascism is so hollow that it cannot grasp the social realities you know and the you know the power dynamics of caste that exists that has been in existence for such a long time and most of these brutal caste atrocities beat kherlanji beat kandamal beat you know um, beat like uh, what happened in bihar during the 90s you know um, so many massacres that happened were under congress rule you know they were under congress rule and so for us for us for dalits it has it has not changed anything the only thing that has changed is now the state is much more explicit in siding with the perpetrators like openly visible and uh, you know they, they they are not uh, reluctant to express their solidarities with the perpetrators that is that is the only difference but now for liberals what ha- what happens is before liberals and progressives before modi came they had some sort of a patronage by congress you know especially around delhi i'm talking about you know you had icssr you know nehru museum somebody's director you know all this cultural institution so congress is like okay you know if there are some radical left voices who are trying to create some troubles we will handle them but as long as you keep talking about harmony you know hindu muslim unity and all of that you're fine you know you can do all of that and that is what they had gotten that patronage on the congress they you know even though they might be opposing congress but they had that space uh, you know beat in academics beat in other cultural institutions but after modi came they lost that space and that losing that space hurts them so much and that is where um, that is where their understanding of the present situation is everybody is saying you know yogi should resign and modi should resign as if without yogi and without modi the as if this violence wouldn't have happened this violence anyway exists i mean recently i was reading in rajasthan rajasthan there are so many crimes rajasthan is uh, ruled by congress government it is just that it has not you know been a reference point of public outrage rajasthan has seen so many crimes brutal crimes against dalits in recent times so you know the i feel uh, their only agenda is you know it, it's a very selfish kind of a political understanding where it is about them so it is it is about them and so that is what they are pitching they are pitching this incident against modi they are not pitching this incident against the society per se the upper caste thakurs per se because in everyday life of uttar pradesh i have so many friends who will tell you that you know even to walk on the street even to walk on the street you know if you just not greet someone a thakur person is standing there if you don't greet them you know there will be harassment so i mean these are i mean let's say if you if you bring a hand pump to your house they harass you right and history of thakur dominance is not very it's not very recent it's it's a very long you know you have big political leaders you have raja bhaiya you have all these uh, you know people like amar singh so all of them have been big political leaders who you know now they they are flexing you know i mean this is the history of the thakur community and i don't understand why liberals and progressives you know uh, they think that with this narrative of just anti bjp they are going to make some dent into the conscience of the society i don't think that's going to happen i believe it is only a anti caste movement which constantly talks about this power imbalance this brutality is done by thakur can move the conversation forward right uh, that's very true actually 
caste discrimination and caste violence has been a ubiquitous feature of uh, Indian society and it actually precludes uh, the BJP's rule, right? But there is also an argument that uh, caste-based violence, um, particularly in Uttar Pradesh, has increased after um, the BJP came to power, first in 2014 at the center and then when Yogi came to power in Uttar Pradesh in 2017. Uh, there is also some data, uh, some NCRB data in fact, that says that Uttar Pradesh has witnessed substantial increase of 47% uh, of crimes against Dalits from 2014 to 2018, right? So do you believe that the coming to power of the BJP RSS regime and uh, particularly Yogi Adityanath becoming the chief minister of Uttar Pradesh has actually empowered the Thakurs in Uttar Pradesh and significantly aggravated uh, the culture of violence, upper caste violence against Dalits in the state? Um, you know, I think it's very interesting because uh, we need to also like look at the political history of both of these, the two dominant communities. One is Brahmins and one is Thakurs. For a very long time in Uttar Pradesh, if you see till 1980s, Brahmins were with Congress. You know, they dominated with Congress, all this, you know, Bahuguna, some Tripathi, even N.D. Tiwari and all these people were big shots in, um, you know, in, in, in Congress for a very long time. Now, post the rise of, uh, you know, SP, BSP, and so there was a dent. I mean, they, you know, there was some dent uh, in, in, especially by these lower sections, the low caste and Dalits into the you know electoral politics, and that is when um, uh, what happened was Congress started losing its base, and then BJP started gaining its foothold with entire you know the Ram Mandir thing, and where uh, Brahmins also started, and Brahmins were still with Congress, so they were not so sure as to whether they should completely shift their base to BJP for for quite some time. I mean th that is what I for from whatever findings, whatever readings I've done, and but that was the time also when. BJ, when Thakur's made sure that they used this opportunity to be with BJP and they made sure of that for a very long time. So you see Rajanath Singh being groomed, uh, you know, under BJP. Uh, you see um, like Yogi, you know, suddenly being brought from the mutt in Gorakhpur to politics. Uh, so th this happened and, and of course, you know, there's a small section of Thakur's who are also with Samajwadi party. Uh, you know, so th th that is that is one thing. And 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 over a period of time, they have always been played a second fiddle to Brahmins for a very long time, right? And that, but now, after BJP coming to power, and uh, Yogi also has an organization called Hindu Yuva Bahaini. It was formed in 2002, and they are more like a caste militia group, like they are more like Ranveer Sena sort of a thing. Except that you know they haven't committed big massacres. That's it. I mean, they, of course, they are the people who have been involved in Saharanpur incident and all of that, but not big massacres. So now. Uh, in and UP politics is also you know very interesting because all of this also leads to you know local jo theka you know if it's about sand mining it's about if it's about you know um, you know giving uh, like you know even in bus stops in Uttar Pradesh uh, I, I I when I visited I remember even in bus stops if you have to open a private bus ticket counter you have to have some connection with the you know local uh, caste groups and all of that and usually in all of these places it's the thakurs you know contracting contracting of roads, contracting of buildings, all of that, this thekedari and all of that is done by Thakurs now. And Brahmins have been taken, Brahmins have been sidelined to some extent. That is why Brahmins also kept expressing their anguish uh, about how they're losing their place and all, which BJP is now trying so hard to also get them into board, you know, but that's becoming a bit difficult. So I think this decades of uh, not being in uh, the power center you know, 
I mean, of course, they were in power, but not in the power center. Has also somewhere let them, uh, you know, has also let them lose. As in, like, okay, now everything is ours. We'll do every, whatever we want. And but apart from that, I also would want to say that in this region of Uttar Pradesh, around Gorakhpur, around uh, and and around this region, is also what is happening is um, there is a small section of Dalits who are also assertive. You know, uh, I mean, especially, I mean, people want to believe that maybe because these Dalits are poor, vulnerable, that is why this atrocity is happening. But the other case is also the moment you resist more. There's also atrocities, and that is something we also see around these areas. I'm not talking about this particular family per se, but around these areas, you see, you know, Ambedkarites, uh, you know, organizations, or let's say, organizing public procession during Ambedkar Jayanti, April 14th, uh, and they are saying that no, uh, we will also do, you know, we'll also ride the horse during our wedding procession, and uh, these these are small small events where Dalits also are trying to resist, uh, you know, access, you know, they want to. Assert their, you know, their place in the public space. So these are small, small things which really hurts them. And I was watching one of the video where a Thakur woman is saying, even a Thakur woman is saying, "Ham to Thakur hai, Thakur to Thakur hi rahega." And we won't allow them to uh, get into uh, do the public process in the main street. If that happens, then there is going to be riot. You know, and she, they are openly threatening this. So I feel both of one is the reason of, you know, the first reason is how they came to power center after so long, and the second reason is. Dalits also have started resisting, and both of this has led to this increase in atrocities. Right. So essentially, a counter-assertion by the Dalits have actually led to greater violence from uh, the upper caste. That is actually not surprising, given that this challenges the hegemony of the upper caste, particularly the Thakurs, over the local power structures. Right. Uh, but I also want to touch upon this issue of upper caste dominance in the civil administration and the police. I actually recently came across this Hindustan Times report, uh, which interviewed a few police officials in Uttar Pradesh, and one of them actually gave out some very uh, uh, indicative data. He said that out of 75 district superintendents of police, there are 13 Thakurs, 20 Brahmins, one Kayast, one Bhumihar, one Vaishya, and six other upper castes. This makes it 42 general caste SPs. Right, so you see how there's a clear domination of the upper caste in local governance and law enforcement structures, uh, and this was the year that Yogi came to power. I assume uh, the dynamic dyna- dynamic has shifted further in favor of the uh, upper caste, particularly Thakurs, in the later years. Right, uh, that same police official also said something very interesting. He said that there is strong Thakur domination at the Thana level, which is the front line of the police force. You know, uh, that's the plane that most common people, including Dalits, have to deal with. Uh, first when they're dealing with the law enforcement uh, in fact we're also seeing some of uh, uh, these these impulses uh, in the current investigation process and in the current case wherein the victim's family has been double victimized uh, and harassed and intimidated by the local civil administration and the police uh, so do you think this is happening uh, because there is a firm grip of the upper caste uh, on this local governance structures do you think there's a deeper issue there yeah, and, and you know, like uh, uh, you know, especially within anti-caste movements, like within anti-caste circles, we keep discussing about this as to how every time some atrocity happens, every time some sort of harassment happens, our you know the only place to go for safety and some sort of a protective measure is the local administration, is a local police station. That's it. You know, we don't have any other groups to protect us. So that is where the relationship with Indian state also becomes very complicated. You know, it's not as though, uh, you know, Dalits are pro-Indian state and all of that. 
Okay, just that this is one of the negotiating space that we have to protect ourselves. And now in local, what happens is there are few, you know, there are few uh, officers. One is the BDO block development officer. Another one is the tehsildar, and then the next is the police SA, SHO, the sub inspector. Um, so these these are like small small, you know, th these are constituents of the local governance. And every time in Uttar Pradesh. Uh, you know, every time, like every time in Uttar Pradesh, there's some shift in political power. Let's say during BSP, what BSP did was BSP ensured that in the local police station there would be, you know, Dalit, um, you know, Dalit recruitment, recruitment of Dalit, uh, you know, personals, uh, and then um, so that also made sure uh, as to how uh, not just them, not just the police, but even the DMs. You know, if if a DM is not properly doing the job then uh, in, in, in protecting the Dalits, then Mayavati, you should just transfer them. You know, regardless of dozens of critiques against her and all of that, but this is something, law and order is something that was, you know, even today, even till till date, people keep talking about that. So every time something happens, then people are like, okay, when Mayavati will come, she will keep the local administration, then we will keep the local administration. So it's the everyday caste conflict that has been in existence, plays out even in the state machineries. So earlier Dalit would go Dalit would you know Dalit would go to the state machineries to get some sort of support and productive measures. But now even that is being taken away from them. Because here now the same society which violates you is also dominantly part of the state machineries. You know it's I'm not saying that you know earlier they were not part of the state machineries, but now they are you know far more powerful. Like even during my other times, of course, there were upper caste police officials and all of that, but there was someone from the top to control them, right? So I'm not saying that, you know, violence would be stopped if, if there is some, you know, Dalit political power coming up. That's not going to happen, but there would be restraint. There would be control of how much can happen. You know, and that is something um, we need to like, you know, constantly think about uh, when we, when we look at this shift of political power also is a shift of uh, the caste allegiance you know the same thing happens with congress and ncp in maharashtra every time congress and ncp comes then you have maratha getting dominated in um, in haryana you see hudda you know people like gupinder hudda where jats commit so much of atrocities on dalits uh, you know every time they come then it's jats everywhere so with shift of political power there is also shift of shift of which caste is dominating the social life as well as the local administration and that is something people are not willing to engage with right it actually shows how important it is for the anti-caste movement to uh, assert or demand greater political power for dalits uh, and how how important it is for dalits to hold uh, higher positions of power right it actually reverses the entire dynamic sumit i have one last question i think you have already written about this but uh, there's a strange fetishization of the dalit victim the singular media coverage on the Dalit victim's family and hardly any interviews of the family members of the accused Thakur men. Why is this the case? Why is the Dalit victim always the subject of scrutiny but not the upper caste oppressors? Yes. So, you know, I think this, especially in the last two to three years, a lot of anti-caste activists have been constantly saying that you know, caste is not equal to Dalits. 
caste is not equal to talking about experiences of dalits even now you know i know a, i know so many journalists and reporters who text me asking can you share me a number of a dalit women who can who will be willing to share her experience what it means to be a dalit women and all of that and i'm like what do you why do you want to know dalit women's experience how does that even matter you know there have been enough documentation of dalit women's experiences and what they fee, what they face but we still do not know what happens inside the thakur's houses and dalits cannot go and do research inside thakur's localities and you know their houses even even if we might study in big universities we can never do that it's very difficult and i was trying to look at you know the thakur history of thakurs in uttar pradesh apart from their own writings you know of course it's all hagiographies uh, or let's say a little bit of you know uh, their political history as to how did they shift and all of that there is almost zero you know material when it comes to their social life their you know cultural value systems uh, and how they operate in their everyday life there is almost zero material and i was wondering as to you know why do people do not study that and i think as ambedkar constantly said as to it's not about caste it's all about castes mutually interacting with each other in everyday life and that is where this power equation plays out as to who is at the receiving end and who is at the you know perpetrating end and that is something that people are not willing to engage with for them its caste is about the victimhood of dalits the pain of dalits the suffering of dalits and that is where dalits almost become a lab species you know where they have to be scrutinized and uh, almost as though the pain and sufferings of dalits is going to evoke some sort of a you know rebellion of the upper caste or the mainstream society to change or to overthrow caste system because if that was the case then you know there have been you know there have been hundreds and hundreds of videos and you know brutal photos images so much is available you know if really it had to you know evoke some sort of a revolt by the upper caste it it would have happened long back so i feel it is very you know it's very important that upper caste you know the dominant caste and upper caste in the society they should start challenging their own caste groups and speak about it you know be beat upper caste feminists or beat upper caste progressives or whether they are in left liberal in whatever or you know whatever i mean especially if they're not from right wing and they believe that all of us should live equally then they should uh, you know do that otherwise there is i don't think you know we are going ahead with anti caste conversation anyway right thank you so much sumit for joining me on this show to have this conversation i think you have covered a lot of ground in a very short period of time and thank you so much for taking some of these critical conversations and ideas forward uh, i hope to have you again on my show in the future i think this is exactly what we need today more and more anti caste activists coming up and foregrounding the reality of caste discrimination in this country and challenging this politics of dominance and denial uh, that's plaguing this uh, country today Once again thank you for taking out your time and and joining me on this show thanks thank you so much for inviting me thank you